Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Are you ready? It's time... For your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. I'm glad you're listening to episode 264 of the Wayne's Comics podcast. This week I have a great interview with Roy Okupe the creator of EXO, The Legend of Wally Williams, a two-part graphic novel that has come out so far, and this is called Saga One. We discussed that as well as other books that he's got coming. We discussed diversity in comics and what that means to him, as well as future projects he has in mind. He's also hoping to get EXO into an animated film, and we discussed that as well. We'll also find out what other projects he has coming, including a really great book that I think you're going to want to hear about. There's a lot to get to, so let's get on with the show. I wasn't born a hero. I had to become one. To protect my people and put an end to the schemes that oppress them. That was my father's last wish. Some ask if I am truly what the people need. Others say I will inevitably bring this city to its demise. Not on my watch. It's great to welcome to the podcast, Roy Okupe, creator of a wonderful book called EXO, The Legend of Wally Williams. How are you doing today, Roy? I'm doing very well, thank you. Nice to be here. It's good to talk with you because I, I'm a big believer, anybody who listens to this podcast knows, in diversity in comics. Yes. And your book is one of those great examples, I think. There's another one called Legend of the Montamaji. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Eric Dean Seaton does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that book. Right. Wonderful book. That was one of the first books I thought because I don't know, and I, I people may get tired of me getting on this hobby horse, but I don't like it when... They take a person of color and stuff them into an existing uniform. I like when they come, <laughs> when they come up with something that's new and different and right. tell a different story. 
We'll get into that about your character, but what's your opinion about that? How do you feel about the, like uh, different characters when they like, like say the Adam just now became Asian, or you can say just now, but he's been Asian for quite right. a while. What do you right. think about that? Are, are you for that, or does it depend on the circumstance? To me, honestly, uh, I'm indifferent, and, I, and I'll explain why. I believe, um, you know, Marvel and DC, obviously, are the two biggest comic book companies, uh, or anybody else—not just comic books, but superhero. Um, driven organizations that, um, you know, obviously whatever they they do is going to, you know, send shockwaves through the industry. But I also believe that, I mean, they have the rights to these characters and they have the right to do whatever it is that they feel. Um, I, I am personally, I would say on a personal level, not so much of a fan of it um, because I do believe that if you're going to um, create a character, Race shouldn't necessarily be the first thing that you start with. Now, I'm not saying that um, there's, there's no room for diversity. I need to be able to explain what I mean by that before people take it out of context. What I mean is that, um, for me at least, the way I do it is I, I try to focus on a great story first. And obviously, being born and raised in Lagos, Nigeria, I wanted to write about something um, that was very personal to me, hence EXO, the legend of Wally Williams. Um, so I, I, I personally will always lean too much towards, you know, if you're going to create a character or whatever the case may be that you want to you know, promote diversity, I'll much rather go for a new and original car- character first. But I do understand to some extent, having been running a com- combo company for a while, I would say the reason why Marvel and DC go that way is because obviously of marketing. It's easier to push a female Iron Man than to just have a different character that's either black or Asian, Latino, whatever the case, and then have a, a unique origin story. But again, I, I don't think, um, I really don't think it's an excuse not to create original characters with their own original backgrounds or whatever the case may be. So I, I would say um, for me personally, yes, I, I'm much rather create a unique character, but I, I try not to focus on too much in terms of, okay, Marvel and DC not doing certain things. And I just try to focus on what I can do, telling original stories and, you know, with diverse characters. I, I think it's such a cheat. I think that there are just <laughs> such a rich history in diverse cultures, and yes. I, to stick somebody of color into a white, like say an Iron Man, we got a black woman now suddenly becoming Iron right. Man, which right away right. I'm, I'm 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 against. But what do I know? I, I the thing of it is, is to me, see, you've taken the road they won't go. They don't right. want to spend all this time developing, you know, your universe building and stuff like that. You have done right. this kind of stuff. And first thing i got to ask, you pronounced the book, name of the book EXO as opposed to XO? Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's actually pronounced EXO, The Legend of Wally Williams. But the character himself is called EXO. But the suit he wears is EXO. Okay, and so. it, it, I go into explanation. Well, I don't explain it in the book, but the actual story shows why there, there are two different, um, you know, you know, pronunciations. Okay. Now, I, I've got to ask some more pronunciations. Let's get them all the way. Um, <laughs> Wally is not spelled the way that we're used to it here in the States. Right, it, right. It's not W-A-L-L-Y. Yeah. It's W-A-L-E. Yes. And is that is yeah. that Nigerian spelling or African? How, how, why is so it, the, the name is actually, um, the name is actually Ade. I'm going to use my Nigerian accents here. Okay. here. So it's actually Ade Wale. That's the, it's a Nigerian name. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, it's actually a, a, a friend's, it's actually a popular name in Nigeria. The very popular hip-hop artist, Wale, that's actually his name as well. It's it's short for Adewale. Um, so that's that's where it comes from. So it's actually pronounced uh, the legend of Wale Williams, not Wally. Oh, really? Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah. I, I'm glad you're here to straighten all this out for me because I'm just, <laughs> okay. I, I'm messing the whole thing up here as I go. No, it's, it's, no, it's, it's not you. A lot of people um, get it wrong the first time and then, you know, that, I mean, that's why I'm here. So I, I don't, I don't <laughs> take offense to it. I'm just like, as long as you, as long as you think it's cool, you buy the book and you enjoy it, you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> well, I love the book, honestly. I thought it was a terrific story. Well, well done, uh, universe building experience. Thank you. You know, Thank for you. me to go in there, there's a whole bunch of things I want to say about it as we get to it, but I, sure. I, I, I did hear, well, we were on the subject of his name. Yes. I, I heard an interview where you were talking about the fact that you had taken a list of people you know mm-hmm. and listed their first and last names and put yes. his name together as a combination of one person's first name and one person's last name. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I wrote down a list of all my friends, all my Nigerian friends, and I um, basically just went side to side and started crossing first and last names. And when I hit Wally and Williams, it was just something that was just like a perfect match. 
you know so and this it just it just came off so well like the way it rolls off the tongue just i was just sold from from the get-go on that well why don't i just go ahead and start off by talking about some of the things i really loved about the book i love the fact that it has a very universal appeal you know, yes. in that sense it's not you know i i actually went through the books and was kind of because i had read someplace where you were talking about you you were making uh this guy to be a nigerian hero and as i went through the story uh-huh. i had trouble figuring out what the parts that were uniquely nigerian because i thought that the story was so universal in its appeal you know the, the right. struggle between a father and a son which is always a big thing in comics we're always talking right. with that because it's a big deal and right. all the other things that went on to it, you know, granted it's in the yeah. future and you've got, right. you know, you've got a huge uh, corporation going on, lots of technology mm-hmm. happening, mm-hmm. things like that, different people going different directions. And, of course, I have to say, I love the surprises as we go along. It was just a wonderful <laughs> surprise here right. and surprise right. there. And I was just, because that, that to me is what makes my interest just continue on right. tremendously, and I right. love that. Right. And, you know, the and the people always get on me because I get to this last, so I'm going to keep doing this first. If somebody wants to get a hold of EXO, yes. how do they do that? I noticed on Comixology, they're on sale, aren't they, the first two volumes? Yes, they are. So it's pretty much everywhere. If you love comics, you can get it. Actually, I'm distributed through Diamond as well. So you can mm-hmm. you can get it at your comic book store. You can get it on Comixology. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Apple iBooks. I would say the fastest and easiest way is to buy it directly off my website. That's uniquestudios.com. Um, that that would be the fastest way to get it, but a lot of people have different subscription with different, you know, things. So um, if you have, if you prefer Comixology, it's on there. If you prefer iBooks, it's on there. If you prefer Kindle, it's on there. If you prefer Amazon Prime, you can order it via that as well. But um, you know, I, I've pretty much put it in places where if you really want to read the book, you have no excuse um, not to get it. But like I said, the, the easiest way is to go directly to my website. Y O U N double ek studios so that's unique studios.com otherwise everywhere else you can find it just do a search yeah you do a unique spelling of unique is what you do <laughs> yes yes yeah, pun intended <laughs> now I, I was reading also that the, the thing that got you hooked on comics was that you read the teenage mutant ninja turtles you said when you read your first yeah. one that got you and from then on you've been a, a big fan ever since talk about that experience because you know I, i'll real quickly share it frank miller talked about the first time he was in a drugstore of course old American day and he picked up a batman comic and he started to read it and in his words he fell in yeah which i love that description of it because right. I, I can i can relate to that what was your experience like when you started to read that that turtle comic so for me actually it was i i i got into this whole superhero genre via the animated cartoons so oh. what i was referencing today is actually the, the, the teen, teenage mutant ninja turtles cartoon oh, okay. that was really like my first foray into you know, heroes, you know, saving the day. And I just like, literally, I was so drowned into it. Like, I gave my mom so much of a hard time <laughs> trying to get her to buy me the toys and everything. And then from there, it was Transformers, He-Man, Thundercats. And then I started watching the Batman animated um, oh. series, you know, Justice League, um, Superman, then the Spider-Man cartoon. So I, you know, I, I fell in love with the medium via the, you know, the cartoons first. Um, and I, because I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria, we had comic books, but we didn't really have access to a lot. Like, there were not a lot of stores, like comic book stores, where you can just walk down the street. So we really assimilated most of, of these things via, you know, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, whatever the case may be. But when I got to the United States um, back in 2002, then I started getting more into the actual comics, you know, obviously with movies like, you know, the, Bat- the Nolan Batman coming out, the X-Men by Brian Singer, you know, the, the Spider-Man movies, Tobey Maguire. You know, and then I started doing a lot of, you know, research and started getting like back orders of all the comics to just try and see, okay, what's the origin of these characters, where they're going with them, you know, where all these where all these stories actually sourced from. Mm-hmm. And I just I mean, I just honestly just fell in love with the idea of a superhero for me. It was just an escape, whether it was via comic book, animation or in the theater, to just escape the world that we live in uh, live in to see that um, you know, heroes can actually good people can come up, come out on top, you know, each and every time you go into a theater, you see that, oh, the good guys win and the bad guys get what they deserve. Hmm. It's interesting because, as I understand, EXO was originally intended to be an animated film. Yes, yes, that's the, that's the other plan, but um, obviously I'll take a segue because, I mean, as you may know, trying to produce an animated film isn't something that's uh, cheap, first of all, and it's it's a grueling process, you know. So what I did actually back in 2000 and 
14 was I did an animated short. And I try to use that to um, pitch to investors, distributors, TV networks. But I wasn't really getting anywhere with it. I love it. They loved the trailer, actually. It looked, it looked good. And you can actually take a look at it online on my website or just searching YouTube. But the issue with them was, well, this doesn't have a fan base and we don't know if this is going to work. So what I decided to do was prove to these people that, look, people are actually ready to see these kind of characters. It's not just about the Marvel and DC characters anymore. People actually want to see different characters from different parts of the world. And that was when I said, okay, you know what, I can actually afford doing a comic book um, if I can run a Kickstarter. So I did a Kickstarter that went well. And then I went into the comic books and... You know, literally, as I, the moment I put everything out, the trailer, you know, the animated trailer that was originally just for the distributors and TV networks, eyes only, I put that online. And then I put some of the comic pages online, like literally just blew up. So CNN picked it up, BBC, Forbes, Washington Post, um, New York Times. So, you know, and it, I just felt like that was just proof that people were really ready to see these kind of heroes, these kind of diverse stories, you know, you know being put together in a way, like you said, that it is universal. So you get to see African culture, Nigerian culture, like even in the book, like there's a lot of vernacular. I don't know if you noticed that, mm-hmm. but obviously with translations, like, and that's how Nigerians talk. Like, you know, they use a lot of slang, you know, the mannerisms, they're all there, but it's presented in a way where it's such a universal story where you can actually pick on the themes right from the get go, where the, the whole cultural aspect of it becomes more, of an aesthetic and an environment that wraps around such a great story that anybody from around the world can actually pick it up and you know enjoy what they're reading. Because mm-hmm. I, I, like I said, I was looking through it trying to figure out what was Nigerian. You know, the language was a lot right. of the part, the names and the, the right. phrasings and stuff. But other than that, exactly. it was it was to me a book that anybody could really pick up and read. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to do that. And I, I, I think you're you're dealing with the human condition here. You know, exactly. father son exactly. stuff. Any of those kinds of stories are going to appeal to all of us. Right. And so to me, right. I just I, I thought that this is a great story and and, and well told. To me, right. it, it's something really special, and I, you know, what the fact that he's from Nigeria and stuff like that. Right. Honestly, I think those are the best diverse stories. Is when it's there, but it doesn't. Right. It's not like forced fed, and right. you know, trying trying to force, you know, a cultural story. I get, I get exactly what you're saying. Like I said, for me, it all it all starts with writing writing a great story. Um, I'm very proud of where I come from. Mm-hmm. Very proud of my heritage and. You will see that in every single thing that I write, but I just like to write in a way where I don't want to alienate any audience. So I want to do something that Nigerians and Africans can be proud of as a whole. But at the same time, I just want to do a great story that anybody can pick up and enjoy what they're reading. And I feel like I was able to accomplish that with um, EXO. Now, of course, right now I want to say I highly recommend this book. If you have not read EXO, which is easy enough to find because you can spell out the right. name, so you should be able to get that pretty quickly. <laughs> I think that this is one of those great stories that is is uh, it deserves to be a movie, you know. And saying today, you know, it was great that it was you tried to make an animated movie, but the way that special yeah. effects and stuff are today, this could be a wonderful right. live action movie. Oh no, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I mean, we do have big plans for, um, you know, what we want to do with uh, with the story. But obviously, <laughs> it, it's all in baby steps, you know, um, trying to get just an animated movie itself out. It's, it's such a huge undertaking, which we're very much, you know, in development right now. Um, we don't really have a release date, but um, there's a lot that's been going on in the back end in early preparations for trying to get the, the animated movie out because that's that's we believe that's the next step. But, um, yeah, definitely uh, in some time in the future, we hope that you can see just a live-action version as well, too. Mm, so Cool. Well, now I've got to ask, of course, you, one of my questions was going to be, what's the progress as far as the animated movie is going? And you yeah. said that it's, obviously it's in progress, that things are happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have a, a date in mind, or are, how? I mean, obviously, obviously, there's there's a lot of things I can't share legally, course, right? Because I'm 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 working on trying to get some contracts signed with okay. some different people, and I would say different people. I'm talking about investors, distributors, and things like that. Uh, but just the fact that I'm at that point is such a huge positive because not everybody gets gets there, you know, with their stories. Um, there's still a whole lot of work to be done. There's still a whole lot of planning, a whole lot of hoping that. You know, everything kind of falls into place. But I can tell you that I'm not where I was two years ago when I first started, um, you know, out with the comic books. Um, you know, actually being able to 
talk to actors now and you know be working on casting and saying okay who will be right for this role or who will be right for the voice mm-hmm. is is something that um you know in my wildest dreams like i you know growing up in lagos nigeria i didn't even think i, I would be because i'm going to be directing the movie mm-hmm. by the way that that's also another wow. thing a lot not a lot of people get to write their comic book and then direct the animated version as well too so mm-hmm. you know i'm very lucky to be to be able to be put in that position where the producer that i'm currently working with puts that amount of trust in me to be able to say, hey, if we do get the funding that I want you to actually direct the movie. So a lot of things, a lot of great things are happening. You know, hopefully I'll be able to share more as time goes by. But at least for now, there's there's a lot that I have to keep on the wraps just because of, you know, legal ramifications. Of course. Well, congratulations, boy. I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. I, I, that is Thank you so much. terrific, man. I can't believe it. Because not every comic is to do that. Some people have wonderful right. concepts, but it never quite makes it. So, right. man, I, I, that, you're so fortunate, and that is such a great thing. I can't wait to see that happen. Now, I, I want to talk a little bit about the conversion, because you originally conceived this as an animated film, and then you went to yes. comics. And yes. I, I, I listened in one interview, you talked about the fact that you took the script and you had to rewrite it like eight or nine times to get yeah. it to where you wanted to. Was that, that was a comic script you're talking about, right? Um, no, actually, I, I was talking about from the first draft to the actual final draft of the script, I, I went to nine, nine iterations just for the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Not not for the comic because oh. once I was yeah once I was happy with where the the screenplay itself was it was easy enough just to you know well not not easy but it it was straightforward to translate it to a comic version because then it's more about okay how many panels do you use and um, you know how, how much dialogue do you want to cut out or leave in for for the comic version mm-hmm. but um, if you read my stories and this is not just with EXO Part One and Part Two and you know my upcoming book Malika Warrior Queen which should be out uh, this you know this May <laughs> they read like movies that's why I don't do like actual like floppy comics like twenty pages I I only do graphic novels at least for now. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only way I know how to tell my kind of stories. I need to do a first act, second act, third act. Okay. And the story needs to take the reader from those those kind of sequences. So, yeah, you know, it reads like a movie. And actual, the panels are actually like storyboards for an animated film. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's done very intentionally because I want to give my books uh, a certain cinematic feel to, you know, kind of like set it apart from what you would see in, in a regular comic book. Now, I have to ask because one of the things I read was that your your unique studios has a a unique universe that you're going to do. And these, you talked about Malika, which is great to know because I was going to ask about that. And she is a part of the EXO universe, if you want to call it that. Yes. So you've got, and you've got, they said you've got like 10 characters in mind to write stories about within that universe. Which right, is really smooth. I mean, you know, I, I, we don't want to get any information on it because we'll wait until you release them. But it right. sounds like, based on the fact that, and I, and I listened to you talk about the, that you like strong female characters, and you have Fury oh, here, yes. and then you have Malika coming yes. up with her own book. Diversity sounds like it's going to be a real theme as you go forward telling these stories. That you're going to do these things in a diverse way. That I, you know, honestly, I, I would wish that other people could learn how to do. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Um, I always tell people, well, first of all, diversity is, is more than just the you know the color of the characters. It's also we need more female superheroes, and not just female superheroes. We need just, we need just more female lead action heroes. Period. Whatever the case may be. And I grew up in a house with uh, you know two older sisters and a very strong mother, and they had a lot to do with how I was raised and you know how I've come out as a man. And it's had such a huge influence on me, you know. And some of these. Some of the things I, I saw in my mother and my in my sisters, I've actually put into into these characters. But just to touch on the universe a little bit, um, mm-hmm. the easiest way for me to explain what I'm trying to do is I've dubbed it basically the MCU of graphic novels. Mm-hmm. So Mar- Marvel has come out with Iron Man One, Iron Man Two, Hulk, Thor, Captain America, and then Avengers. But these stories, as much as they're individual movies, they all have things that are connecting them from movie to movie. Mm-hmm. And that's how, basically how I'm doing it with my book. So EXO, Legend of Wally Williams, which is part one and part two together, is, that's just one story. Mm-hmm. Now, Malaika, Warrior Queen, is also going to have a part one and part two, but that's just another story. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a connection between Malaika, which is obviously the next story in, in the series, and in EXO. So the story, there's a continuous arc for the whole of the universe. But within that continuous arc, each character has their own individual story. And, and for me, what I eventually want to do is um, 
I want to start working with um and and you know I can't there's 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 a lot I can't talk about because this is more like a this is like a ten year plan that I have mm-hmm. for the whole studio mm-hmm. as a whole just in terms of comics, but eventually I do want to start working with different artists and different writers in like you know Europe, different parts of South America, possibly Asia to you know come up with characters that I can actually push my universe to because right now the universe is centered just in the whole of Africa. But, you know, after Malaika, there's there's some things I want to do where I want to push the universe further than that. Obviously, I want to start with what I know, my own environment, because mm-hmm. as a writer, that that's that's my base. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as, as things hopefully get better in terms of, you know, the publicity we get the, as the company grows, I do want to expand to, you know, work with different people from different parts of the world. Like, I mean, how many Brazilian superheroes can you talk about? How many, you know, uh, you know, uh, maybe Canadian superheroes? Like, you know, these are things that I, I do, you know, I'm very fascinated because every country, every continent, they have their culture, they have things that makes them unique. And I want to ingratiate these things into these heroes and truly build a diverse universe mm-hmm. of characters. You know, I, and I, I said before that I wish people would learn from you. There are some people I think really could learn. There are other people, of course, I think are doing just like you're doing, like Eric Dean. Exactly. Who I talked about. Yes. He is yes. doing a wonderful job with that, too, and you are, too. I just, there are, you know, I always like to tell the story. I can talk to a, a white male comics creator any day of the week for this podcast, which, you know, I enjoy doing. There's nothing wrong <laughs> right. with that. But I enjoy right. being able to talk about diversity. And can I get on one other a little hobby horse before we get into the Sure, sure. I get into this hobby horse about women characters because a lot of the women that I know expect a lead female character to be maternal in nature. You know, they, they sit and discuss their problems. They come to, they don't want people to be, they don't want a woman to be, you know, like a, a man with uh, female appendages attached on. <laughs> and so for me, I, but I think that a man can be like a scoundrel and a scientist and a politician right. and a hero and you name it. Right. I don't think women should be necessarily restricted to that right. kind of a role. And so based on what I hear you saying is that we're going to see Malika yeah. is going to be something a little, maybe not necessarily as maternal as some people might right. like. Yeah, there are two things I'll say. I mean, you, you, you hit it right on the head when you said restriction. Uh, I do feel like sometimes when it comes to female characters, either in film or you know comics, whatever the case may be, there is a box that is placed around them. Hmm. I do also feel like, and before I talk about my characters, I do also feel like there's an empowerment when it comes to any female that embraces their maternal instincts or, you know, wants to be that kind of, you know, leading lady or the case may be, because I feel like feminism is about choice and not necessarily about telling a woman, oh, you need to be like this or you need to be like this or we need to write women characters like this. Mm -hmm. It's about a choice. Having said that, I'm a huge proponent of having very strong female characters. And you can see that right from the get-go with Fury and EXO. Mm -hmm. When she comes into the picture, she comes as a leader, as opposed to someone who's supporting or someone who's, um, you know, who needs help or who needs to be saved. Like, she, she actually, you know, plays more of a mentor role for for Wally, who's the main character, for a, a very long period of time until he's ready to take that leadership role. Mm-hmm. And most of the, um, some of the time, when, uh, sometimes when I was, you know, actually writing the book, I did have a whole lot of struggle because the book is titled EXO. So I had to tone down some of the, mm-hmm. some of the, um, the, 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 I was going to say screen time because I wrote a screenplay, mm-hmm. but um, some of the, well, I would say screen time that I gave to Fury because She's such a powerful character that when she comes on screen, she basically, well, not screen, but when she comes on the panels and the pages, she basically steals the scene. So it was very interesting trying to balance that. Now, Malaika, when we start her story, she starts out as the queen of an empire. So she's a very powerful character, not just physically, but, you know, in terms of politically, she has a whole lot of power. Mm-hmm. And that's what the story is centered about is, you know, having th- this female queen having having this queen having so much power and such a huge empire while while it's so huge there's so many problems that's starting to have in, happen internally but the empire is growing so much where externally they're starting to get attention from bigger empires and that's in term and that's in form of the the Ming dynasty mm. you know that which is the you know the the, the Chinese imperial dynasty mm-hmm. that that um, existed sometime within the you know 14th to 16th uh, 17th century as well. So 
Malaika is trying to balance, you know, peace in the kingdom and peace outside the kingdom. And it's 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 this fascinating dynamic where she's trying to keep the peace inside, but she's also trying to defend her people from being annihilated by this huge empire that's coming to basically take everything that she's built. Hmm. You know, so the book you know, is actually centered around a, uh, such a powerful character who still feels like she needs more power to be able to save her people. So hmm. it's, it's very interesting. Oh, cool. I can't read that one. That sounds like a real interesting story because for a woman, too, because a man would probably just go out there and start punching and kicking. <laughs> right, a lot exactly. Of she's she's going to take a different approach to it. A very good right. thing. So I really I can't exactly. wait to see how you're going to do that. It's going to be real fun exactly. to do. Well, let's get back exactly. to EXO, and I want to talk a little bit about the characters because yeah. you really have these characters very well fleshed out, I thought. And sometimes I always like to ask people, are these characters based on people you know? You talked about the names coming mm-hmm. from friends. Did you base yeah. the characters on people you know, or will these come up in your imagination? How did you come up with the different characters? To be honest, I think it's actually subconscious. I don't think I go into writing thinking, okay, this is going to be this character and I'm going to put this. But I feel like when I start writing, some of the things that I've been through, some of the interaction I've had with friends, family, um, both positive and negative, negative, I think they just kind of like pour onto the page subconsciously. Because when I go back and read the books after I've, I've actually, I'm done with the writing, I'm done working with the artist, I then start to see, oh, wow, this is, this reminds me of this. This this happened when I was in, you know, X location, or this happened to a friend of mine, or, oh, wow, this is what happened, you know, in Lagos, Nigeria, X, X, X amount of years ago. So I think on a subconscious level, that happens to me, but I, it's not something that I go in, into intentionally but yeah i do like to um i do like to flesh characters out because uh, and that and that's another positive of doing graphic novel because you have such a you have a whole lot of um, pages to be able to go through all these different characters whereas if i was doing sequential issue comics like issue one issue two issue three um people get frustrated and and especially in this day and age where there's a whole lot of content out there great content like it's it's very hard to keep a reader from issue one to issue twelve. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I have someone buying my graphic novel, you're already invested in the full story, and then you get to see characters grow, you get to see them fall, you get to see them rise up again, you get to see them deal with different things, all within one whole book as well. Mm-hmm. What's well, interesting because you told the story in two graphic novels, right? Part one, right. And part two. And, you know, honestly, you know, you've hit on something that drives me nuts about comics is the fact that we go about maybe, if we're lucky, 50 issues and then they have to start with number (laughs) one again. I I like the telling of a story. I like the fact that you've done with two graphic novels because I can easily read one and then pick up the second one. Right, exactly. Are are you going to stick with that format as you go forward? Are you going to maybe go a little longer, a little shorter, depending on the story? I think I'm going to try to um, to stick to that. That that's something that I, I I from the get-go when I decided to start Unique Studios, I was like, you know what? I really just want to do graphic novels because it's. I feel like, um, and obviously there's a financial aspect about you know to this as well. If you do comics, you end up selling more because you can sell comics for like four ninety nine now, mm-hmm. right? So if if I break down um, EXO Part One into, I can I can possibly break that into about seven comics and and sell that for four ninety nine or three ninety nine each, right? And then mm-hmm. I, I can sell a trade after that for fourteen ninety nine, right? You know, so but for me, as much as you know, obviously I'm running a business and I do want to be financially, you know, successful. Mm-hmm. I do want to think about the reader first, and I feel like as a reader, when you have a graphic novel that has a full story, like I said, beginning, middle, and end you actually enjoy it more, whereas you don't have to spend three ninety nine seven times just to get a full story. I feel like fourteen ninety nine for a graphic novel that you have everything in it and possibly okay part two where you have a full story, it's it's much more economical for the reader, you know, in terms of financially. And for me I get to tell a story where, you know, you can enjoy something from beginning to end and and, and, and appreciate a story mm-hmm. all in one sitting. I have to say too about the creation of the of the the suit that he wears. I read yes. the whole the whole thing and I got to the end of it. And it wasn't until later on that I was looking up stuff about it that all of a sudden it hit me that oh my gosh, if if you had not done this as well as you had, I could have very easily thought about Iron Man. Exactly. But I, yeah. <laughs> I, it never it never crossed my mind once. Right. You oh, do I'm things, sorry. Well, you do things very differently than Iron yeah. Man does with it. And I think that's one of the creative things about EXO is that you're taking us, even though those of us who have read Iron Man for decades, yeah. you're, you're taking us right. somewhere we haven't gone before. Yeah, and I'm so happy you said that because um, a lot of people, well, 
excuse the cliche, judge the book by the cover. So they see the cover EXO. I was like, oh no, he's just you're just doing a black Iron Man. And I mean, to an extent, I can't I can't blame people. I mean, perception is what it is. But I always tell people, you know, you know, try to pick up the book first or read the first chapter free on my website. Like I, I don't charge you anything for that. You can download the first chapter free. And if you still feel like that, it's Iron Man, then that's fine. But um, I did a lot of research and in terms of trying to come up with this the concept of the suit and like i you know you can actually like if you take some of the things like there there's a part uh, there's a, there's a scene in um i'm sorry i'm i'm always talking you know in terms of film because that that's mm-hmm. how i write okay. but there's there's a couple of pages in the in the comic where in the graphic novel where in part 2 where there's you know there's there's an explanation about the suit and how the powers work and where the energy is from and things like that. And all those things are direct research from actual science. Like, you know, I talk about um, how the suit is, it's not metallic, but it's more like a, an allotrope of, of carbon as opposed to metal, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and that's, there's actually the real stuff like that, that, you know, carbon fiber, there's a polymer that actually feel that is as dense as metal, but it's a third of the weight, mm-hmm. you know. So these things that you can actually find, if you go on Google what I put in the book, you actually see it come up. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm also talking about, you know, how, how energy is generated, you know, within his body with nanites and how that feeds the power of the suit. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, there's a whole lot of things that, um, you know, yes, it is heavy on sci-fi, but it's actually grounded in real science. And that's one of the things I really wanted to do. I want to give people something that, yes, it is sci-fi, but you can actually see the root of actual science in it. And that's one thing that I was very proud of, was able to add those elements in there. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that. Your balance between character and action, I thought, was really superb because we don't get bored no matter what happens. If somebody starts to talk and there's some stuff we right. need to know, we don't right. do it so long that we get bored. But something right. starts to happen just right. at, you know, just at the right moment when before right. we start to say, "Oh my gosh, we're going to do this character for page after page." <laughs> it's actually very right. well timed and very well put together. Right. See, and you know, to me, that maybe your your animation background or something might have helped as far as putting mm-hmm. the comic together because. It really moves at a, at a great pace. I mean, I literally shot through the first graphic novel, and I was really grateful I had bought the both of you from you at Baltimore Comic Con right. when I saw you. Right. Because I was holy like, oh man, I gotta know what happens next. So luckily, I pulled the <laughs> second one out, and I started to read the right. second one. I could dive right. right into it, and I just, I think that your ability to do the pacing and as well as the character bits, these, that's why I was asking about where the characters came from because right. they really breathed and lived to me. I, I felt like right. they were alive in that sense that we were reading the transcription of what was really happening. In my mind, yeah. Which was- no, I mean, yeah. You you make several great points, and you are right. My background in animation and film, I can tell you, it's such a huge positive for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm the kind of writer that I just like to find the fine line between not saying too much and just saying enough. Sometimes I miss the mark, but when I do get the mark, like like I, I feel like I did with EXO, it, it just comes out very well. Where it's it's it is fast paced, but you get. You get all the information that you need to know at the right time, and then you move on to the action. I feel like if I had done a little less action or a little more dialogue, I could have easily thrown the book out. Like, well, I just feel like I found I found a way to get that happy medium of, okay, you know, you really need to explain this and this and this, but you don't need to talk about this. You actually, you know, have some action here, and then. Another key for me is that combining action and a lot of exposition, I like to do that a lot, where I have the characters, they're fighting, but they're also trying to explain certain things that are happening in the book as well. And that happens a lot in part two, where Wally is actually training to use the suit. But as he's training, the, um, the uh, Dr. Martins, uh, who's he's kind of like his, his mentor, is actually giving him a lot of backstory about the, the suit. So you're seeing a lot of action on the pages. You're seeing... What, exo fight some different robots or whatever the case may be and then but in the background you are getting exposition you're getting things from the past Mm -hmm. and even when i do flashbacks as well i don't just like to do flashbacks where it's just a lot of talking the flashbacks are also action oriented Mm -hmm. you know as well too that and i I also did that as well with uh with the villain which is another thing that Mm -hmm. i like to do with my books is that i like to create a villain where you actually know why he's doing what he's doing. You understand why he's doing what he's doing, but you disagree with it. So you know you understand, but you disagree. I feel like if you can create a villain that um, isn't just one-dimensional where he just wants to destroy people mm-hmm. or take over the world or whatever the case may be, but he actually has a purpose behind what he's doing, it's just that his methods are just out of whack. 
I feel like that's really where you get the key for having someone that can actually balance out your your hero. Well, one of the things you do in there is you use dialogue and to a, a real effect, because you know some people, one character we won't say who at this point has a, a British accent, and then another right. character has a different kind of an accent too. And right. the, if you pay attention to the dialogue, like for example, we don't know who the villain is when things start to happen, and right. we come to find out through something that that character says we get an idea who that is right, right. exactly i remember right. being shocked when i read that <laughs> I, I mean, oh, is that who i think that is kind of you know and then of course then i want to got to keep going because i got to know for sure if that's that person or not so right. those right. kinds of writing is, is is that's really good and and the interesting thing is because if you were in an animated movie or in a, a live action that would yeah. be great because you know you could have the dialogue speak, but you use the phraseology just so strong enough so that even though we we didn't hear the voices, we knew what they were saying and what that meant, which right. I thought that was a real accomplishment. I thought because you know normally people depend on voices to accomplish those things, right. but you used your written dialogue to accomplish the same thing, which I thought that was a real that was great. Thank was you, terrific. thank you, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Terrific. Now, of course, I got to ask about uh, at the. We get to the end of part two, which I really <laughs> loved. There's a little thing in there that talks about the fact that this is not the end of EXO. There's another yes. book called EXO: Rise of Avon, and it right. says it's going to begin in the summer of 2017, which was probably yeah. a long time away in the past. But right. now we're in 2017. You've right. got a lot going on on your plate, as you've already mentioned. You've got Malika. You've got the, the yeah. hopefully, you know, some kind of movie good deal happening. How right. is EXO Rise of Avon coming along? Are you still on track to get it out in summer of 2017? Yeah, I was still, um, was still trying to push it for for this summer. It just might, might probably be late summer. Um, be everything because of everything with the movie, we have to be very careful with the timing. Now, I, I didn't know I was going to be possibly working on an animated movie you know when i set that date so now that that's you know becoming a possibility obviously with you know there's so many things that have to fall into place we see it all it's not like fully greenlit yet but because of those developments things might have to shift a little bit just so that um the timing of when the next book drops as opposed to if the movie's coming out can all you know, be marketed in a, in a way where they don't compete with each other. So, but in terms of the actual production and the writing, everything is going fine. We have a lot in store for the next saga of EXO and, um, you know, some amazing new characters, an amazing new villain that um, we're bringing in. And um, also, EXO is also going to be tying in some elements and some remnants of Malaika, the end of Malaika. So that's, that's, it's, it's going to be pretty, pretty awesome the way everything comes together. Now, another thing about the books that I really like, when you get to chapters and you, you start a new chapter, you in the second part, you put fan art in there. And you yes. also put fun facts on there about, you yes. explained a little about what you were doing. See, stuff yes. like that, I just think is really, you know, you're not talking down to the audience. The audience gets right. a chance to learn some things about it. I just thought that was just wonderfully right. done. You know, those kinds of things, those add to my enjoyment of it, add to my understanding of it. And that's why I thought EXL was just this brilliant put together of all these different elements that work so well. And I just, when I got to the end of it, I was like, oh man, when's the next one? And I was really pleased to see <laughs> that that might come this year. So we'll see. Right. It, you know, the, the thing though, I would encourage you though, do it when it's ready. Just be, yes. if you said that, if you come out and say, look, movie, all this stuff's happening. Yeah. And we might have to put it until the winter of 2017. Yeah. You know what? It's yeah. such a great book. It's worth the wait. So I would say do it when it's ready. And we'll be, we'll be patiently waiting for it to come out, those of us who really enjoy the book. No, definitely. That's, um, I always try to put out the best quality work. And that's not just in art, but also writing and marketing and everything. Because I feel like the people that are supporting me so far, they deserve it. Um, you guys are the ones that have brought me to this platform that I'm being able to rise so high in, in short a short time. And I try to, as much as possible, give the best to the fans um, in terms of the products that we put out there. I don't, I don't like to compromise on anything. Matter of fact, some of my, some of my artists think I get too anal sometimes. And I just like that's that's really what sets me apart in terms of doing it independent. I'm, I am an independent writer, independent studio. But I try to present myself like I'm part of the big two or the big five. That's that's just the way I have to see myself like that, you know, in order to become like that. And so I do take this thing extremely seriously. And uh, like you said, um, if it's not ready, it doesn't come out. And that's something that um, I've, I've always tried to stick to. 
Well, I have to say, too, that the art is really, it's really sparkles. And the use of color and stuff like that is all very dynamic. And visually, as well as in script form, this book really grabs your attention and doesn't let go until we get to that last page. And then you want more. So that's the great <laughs> right. thing about this book. I think it, now, of course, you've got a lot on your plate right now. You've got the, the movie, the book, another yes. book coming out. Are there other projects yes. you're working on that we should be aware of as well? Yes, actually, I have an art book coming out in March. Uh, it's called uh, Windmaker, and it's the history of Atala. Now, um, this book, it's, it's not just an art book, but it's, a, it's one part art book and one part prequel story to what we're going to see in uh, Malaika. It also sets up the character, um, the Windmaker, mm-hmm. um, because I'm I'm going to be releasing a graphic novel next year for the Windmaker. So my four main characters right now in the Unique Universe is Exo, Malaika, Windmaker, and Fury. Those are the four main characters. Mm-hmm. You know, so I really want to start putting some stuff out there about the Windmaker before his graphic novel comes out next year. But the Windmaker himself, he's also going to be in. Uh, he's making a cameo in the Malaika warrior queen graphic novel so there's a lot of crossover there's a lot of you know a lot of stuff like that's that that's going on but like i said everything is all within one continuous story and what this art book does it, it actually grounds my universe you get to see because this book takes place uh this book talks about events that took place you know thousands of years ago mm-hmm. you know so you know it, it's kind of just kind of going to explain and give hints to how characters in the unique universe are going to get their powers we're going to see the origin of some of the things that give you know, Exo, his powers, and, you know, eventually, you know, how my life is going to be tied into certain things as well, too. So it's it's very it's very fascinating, and, and it's done in, like, an art book form where one of the characters within the universe is actually writing a book. So it's it's, it's actually, it's pretty, it's pretty, um, it's pretty crazy the way I, I did it. So it's, it's a character within the universe that's writing an account of different things that he's seen over the years, and, you know, it's, it's just... It's just amazing to see, um, you know, some of the stuff, um, you know, that um, that's going to be coming out in the book. It's, it has awesome and amazing art and also has a great story in and of itself, because that's that's one of the things I like to do. I just don't like to do things regular. I just don't want to do an art book and say, hey, this is what we've worked on. This is what the artists have worked on. I wanted to actually do a story within the art book. And, and that's I feel like I've been able to accomplish that as well. Okay, I'm hearing a dinging. I don't know if that's on my end or your end. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's mine. Okay. I'm, get, I'm getting some text messages. That's okay. Well, what, <laughs> and if you're, you know, don't let that bother you if you listen to the interview because he's got really good things to say. Yeah, so, sorry. That's okay. I've, I've, muted, I've, mu- I've muted it. <laughs> Skype and stuff. Sorry well, about don't, that. don't worry about that. Uh, Roy, I'll okay. tell you, you're doing wonderful stuff. And, man, I just hope you keep doing it for as long as, as you can. And I, I want to be here and join it. Uh, you talked about Kickstarter. Some Might yes. some of the projects go be uh, supported by Kickstarter in the future? So I've done three Kickstarters now. I did one for um, EXO Part 1, another for EXO Part 2, and I did one last year for Malaika Part 1. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be doing another Kickstarter, and not because I don't want to, because but it, just, it takes a lot to do a successful <laughs> Kickstarter. It's, it's, <laughs> it's uh, that month, man. It's uh, not even just a month, because a, a successful Kickstarter actually starts months in advance. I'm talking about three, four months in advance is where you really start to plan things out. Yeah. And it's it's such a hands-on thing. And, you know, now because I have dangling multiple projects, I don't know if I'm going to have the time. Okay. You know, but obviously, as an independent studio, it's really hard to come with the, come up with the capital to actually print the book. Because I do my Kickstarter not to, like, pay for the artist or anything. My Kickstarter is just a print, basically. So it's more like pre-orders right. that I'm doing on there. But right. um, it's something I definitely need to think about. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And also, a lot of great projects are on there. Kickstarter has gotten so saturated. Like, the competition on there is so crazy. So, it's it's not like it was two years ago when I first started using it. So, mm-hmm. But we'll see. I'm, I'm not going to say no now, but I'm definitely not going to say yes okay. right now. So, we'll, well see. It helps things happen that might not otherwise take place. That's why I'm kind of a big right. supporter of it. So exactly. That's why I was wondering about that. It helped you do these other ones. Maybe it might help you yes. again if you need to in the future. I'd rather right. you got to do the creative stuff because you're so good at the creative. I know, right? Yeah. That's really, yeah, that's just really what I want to focus on. That's why, you know, having Kickstarter, having been 
being able to get funded via Kickstarter and not going out and looking for an investor or something like that really helps because then, you know, you, you know, you have the money to print, then I can just focus on developing great books. Now, now if we want to follow you, want to keep track of, yes. of your projects, uh, I understand you're on Twitter and you're, are you on also on Facebook? What's the way, yes. what's the best way for us to do that? So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and even Snapchat, I'm on there at unique studios. It's pretty much the same for everyone. And that's Y O U N double e k studios all one word and you can find me on facebook instagram twitter snapchat all right man keep it up you're doing terrific stuff and i can't wait to see what you're going to do next thank you so much so roy just keep doing it and hope i get to talk with you sometime too maybe when your next book starts to come out we'll have to talk again see what's going on and what progress has been happening Definitely. I would love to be back. And uh, I know we said we're going to do this uh, a long time ago. I just want to apologize for the back oh, and forth. No. I'm just happy to be able to do it right now. No, you? no, no, no. It's, uh, if you know how many times I've chased down people for a year, <laughs> you're easy as far as that goes. So don't worry about that. So, man, keep it up, Roy. All and right. I, I'm looking forward to seeing more good stuff from you in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much, Wayne. Appreciate it. need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood, I can be ignored, I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. That's it for this episode. Be back next time. I'll have another great interview with an excellent comics creator. Something I'm sure you won't want to miss. But until then, keep reading your comics. this sounds familiar. You hacked league systems, disobeyed protocol, and endangered your lives. And your initiative resulted in the capture of three escaped felons, proving Warden Strange runs Bell Rev as a cover for criminal activity. Well done. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.